Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast, thanks to each of you. This is episode 370, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. You may already know about my private coaching program, which offers tremendous benefits. However, there is another approach worth exploring group coaching. This type of coaching emphasizes systems thinking, fostering skills in reflection, reframing, questioning, problem solving, and time management, all on top of encouraging relationship building and dismantling internal silos. Well, I'm thrilled to introduce my group coaching program, where we'll meet twice a month, every first and third Friday for 45-minute video sessions. Prior to each session, I'll present a key theme and a thought-provoking question of the week. During our sessions, I'll share insights, hacks, and methods related to the week's topic, fostering a free-flow conversation where questions and personal experiences are welcomed. After each session, you'll receive engaging assignments linked to the theme. These assignments will be shared on our group coaching Discord channel, allowing everyone to provide feedback and engage in a dynamic, interactive experience. Join me for a coaching experience that blends strategic insight and meaningful connections by clicking the link in the show notes. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. many of you have experienced stress? If you're nodding your head yes, you're not alone. I'd venture to say most of us have experienced our fair share of stress. Some a little, others a moderate amount, and some a significant load. But 
We don't actually need less stress in our life. We just need to change our relationship with it. Kelly McGonigal, a health psychologist who's been teaching for the last 10 years, said she's been telling people stress makes you sick, that it increases the risk of everything from the common cold to cardiovascular disease, admitting that she's turned stress into the enemy. So in 2013, she gave a powerful TED Talk, How to Make Stress Your Friend, highlighting a study where 30,000 adults were tracked for eight years. And the participants were asked two questions. How much stress have you experienced in the last year? And do you believe that stress is harmful to your health? They then used public death records to find out who died. And the results were surprising. Adults who reported high stress had a 43% increased risk of dying, but only if they believed stress was harmful to them. Adults who reported high stress but believed stress wasn't harmful had the lowest risk of dying out of anyone. Stress isn't always bad. And when we change our mind about stress, we can change our body's response to it. Simply hearing this podcast could be enough to shift your mindset. But I want to give you three more ways to improve your relationship with stress. Number one, reframe your stress response. We've all experienced stress. However, there was one historical example of a great leader who effectively reframed their stress response. And that's Franklin D. Roosevelt during his presidency, particularly in the early years of the Great Depression. See, Roosevelt took office in 1933 when the United States was grappling with economic turmoil, widespread unemployment and a sense of despair. And rather than succumbing to the stress and challenges of the situation, Roosevelt reframed the crisis as an opportunity for bold and innovative action. In his first 100 days in office, he implemented a series of groundbreaking policies and programs known as the New Deal. Through a combination of relief, recovery, and reform initiatives, Roosevelt aimed to address the economic hardship faced by the American people. Roosevelt's approach to stress was characterized by a positive and optimistic mindset. He was known for his fireside chats, radio broadcasts, in which he reassured the public, explained the government's actions, and instilled a sense of hope. By reframing the challenges of the Great Depression as a chance for transformative change, he not only boosted the morale of the American people, but also led the foundation for the country's recovery. The positive outcome of Roosevelt's reframing of stress was the revitalization of the American economy and the establishment of long-lasting social programs. His leadership during this challenging period contributed to a sense of national unity and resilience. Roosevelt's ability to turn a crisis into an opportunity through proactive and optimistic measures is a great historical example of effective stress management 
and leadership. So the next time you're facing a stressful task and your heart starts to pound, your breathing increases and your pupils dilate, think to yourself, I'm excited. My body is prepping me for this challenge. Our bodies are a remarkable piece of equipment. When we experience stress, our bodies undergo a complex set of physiological responses. And understanding these physiological responses is essential for appreciating that stress in its acute form. It's a natural and adaptive mechanism designed to help us navigate challenges. Stress is not a barrier of progress. It is the mechanism that prepares us for progress. The research shows people who view their stress response as helpful perform better and have fewer negative health symptoms than those who view it as harmful. The simple act of reframing our stress response can significantly alter its impact. Number two, don't bottle up your stress. Winston Churchill is considered to be one of the greatest leaders that this world has ever seen. However, what most people don't know is that he struggled with depression and stress from his responsibilities. As prime minister from 1940 to 1945, during most of World War II, Winston Churchill rallied the British people and led the country from the brink of defeat to victory. But this responsibility on his shoulders came with a heavy toll. As you might imagine, no one in British history was under greater stress than Churchill during the Second World War. Churchill's leadership during the war was marked by his strong public persona and determination to inspire the British people. However, behind the scenes, he struggled with the weight of the conflict, the loss of life, and the complex decisions he had to make. And he often coped with stress by working long hours, often beginning work at 8 a.m. and ending work at around 2 a.m., consuming alcohol and smoking cigars, 160,000 over the course of his life, to be precise. The repercussions of Churchill's stress management became evident in his physical and mental health. He suffered from bouts of depression, anxiety, and exhaustion. And the toll of the war compounded his already fragile health, leading to instances where he isolated himself and withdrew from decision-making processes. There were occasions when he withdrew from key strategic discussions and military briefings. And his absence and reduced involvement in critical decision-making processes slowed down the response time and coordination of military operations, and his strained relationships with some of his military advisors and political colleagues became apparent during moments of heightened stress. His irritable and unpredictable moods occasionally led to conflicts and disagreements within the war cabinet. To add insult to injury, these strained relationships sometimes impeded the smooth flow of information and collaboration necessary for effective wartime leadership, such as the planning and execution of military campaigns. Churchill's fluctuating mental state created additional challenges. For example, 
During the planning of the Allied invasion of Sicily in 1943, Churchill's mood swings and indecision reportedly affected the planning process and strained relationships with key military leaders. And this affected the efficiency of the war effort and strained relationships with his colleagues. So, what's the key lesson here? Well, one of the pitfalls in dealing with stress is bottling it up. And why is it that we bottle up stress? Well, because we are afraid that our emotions will be invalidated by others. We view vulnerability as a weak thing. We are afraid that we will lose people if we say what we think directly. Just the words bottle up captivate and illustrate the dangers of keeping our stress to ourselves. Every bottle has a maximum volume it can hold. And if that maximum volume is surpassed, then the bottle shatters under the pressure. So to avoid this, we must build a network of trustworthy people we can receive support from and give support to during stressful times. We are social creatures. And the research shows having a strong support network greatly reduces the risk of stress-related death. Both receiving and providing support is beneficial. Having people to care for, support us, and share our lives is a source of joy and connection. Overcoming challenges is much more manageable when we have a support network. Number three, find a balance of stressed and rest. Now, of course, being stressed all the time isn't something to strive for. The key is to apply stress strategically and balance it with quality rest and hobbies. For example, back to our friend Winston Churchill, he took up painting at age 40 as a hobby to help him deal with depression and the stress from his responsibilities. He wrote about painting and hobbies and the essential nature they have in helping us to be more happy and forget about the things that weigh us down, stating, change is the master key. A man can wear out a particular part of his mind by continually using it and tiring it just in the same way he can wear out the elbows of his coat. There is, however, this difference between the living cells of the brain and inanimate articles. One cannot mend the frayed elbows of a coat by rubbing the sleeves or shoulders, but the tired parts of the mind can be rested and strengthened, not merely by rest, but by using other parts. It is not enough merely to switch off the lights which play upon the main and ordinary field of interest. A new field of interest must be illuminated. It is no use saying to the tired mental muscles, if one may coin such an expression, I will give you a good rest, I will go for a long walk, or I will lie down and think of nothing. The mind keeps busy just the same. It has been weighing and measuring. It goes on, weighing and measuring. It has been worrying. It goes on worrying. It is only when new cells are called into activity, when new stars become the lords of the ascendant, that relief, repose, refreshment are afforded. In order for us to recover and really relax from our efforts, 
We can't magically forget about the things that weigh us down or hope that if we lie down, these things will disappear from our mind. We must replace what is on our mind with something else. We need to occupy our minds by using it to do other things. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into how to improve your relationship with stress. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. The Motivated Mind is a legacy division.